0: Hey everyone, a couple quick notes before we hop into this episode. Uh, This was recorded back before I had some of the finer details ironed out, so you're not going to hear things like uh, tips and bits or what we've been drinking. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to give you a heads up before you get into it. Uh, This was a fun episode, though. Uh, I'm not going to give away too much before you actually listen to it. But I I think that you're really going to enjoy it. As always... Uh, you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash this is my bourbon podcast you can also find us on instagram twitter facebook uh, you can email us uh, this is my bourbon at gmail.com uh, if you have any questions or comments use the hashtag this is my bourbon podcast on instagram or twitter uh, and as always thank you so much for listening and this is my bourbon podcast <coughs> and Welcome to this episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast, the official show of This Is My Bourbon Shop, where we talk about all things bourbon, how they bring people together, and what makes it the spirit of Kentucky. My name is Perry. Thank you all so much for being here. And with me this week is my father-in-law, Brett Bellamy. How are you doing, Brett?
1: Hello. Hey, I'm great. Thanks, Perry.
0: (laughs) Happy to have you on the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, We're going to talk specifically uh, about cocktail crafting this week. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that after a little while. As you all know, we drink on the show, um, throughout, uh, yeah, (laughs) a little louder for the microphone. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, we're pouring something that, uh, is a favorite of the shows and one of my personal favorites too. Have you had this yet?
1: Uh, which one, the old Forester prohibition old, the style? The old Forester prohibition. Absolutely style. not. And I was very uh, pleased to see you uh, brought that in today.
0: Uh, you are going to be in for a huge treat. So if you would like to go ahead and pour yourself a glass, All I've right. already got a little bit poured, but I could use a. I'm going to try the sound effect chip. for you here. Yeah. Oh. I'll take it. I'll take oh, it. I'll pour yours first. All right, thanks, just you, sir. Say
1: whim. Man, yeah, that's good. All right. Well, that is a that's beautiful good. color. I like Isn't that it? a lot. Yes, sir.
0: 115 proof. I'm not sure on the age on it. I, I think it's um, closer to the six year or seven year range than um, than four. Very but nice. uh, Very and nice. it is. I, I don't want to say too much about it before you take your first sip. Right, so,
1: right. Uh, Always good to see a true straight Kentucky bourbon whiskey. Uh, it's getting hard to, harder and harder to find. <laughs> yes, it really is. It is. All right. All right so, cheers. in honor of the show, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Mm. I know radio hates silence, but you had to give us a second there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you all for that. Some of that gets edited oh, out, but that's that okay. Is, that is nice. You should leave that in just so they can see our eyes closed and yeah. imagine what's <laughs> happening there. You know? That is delightful. A lot of, lot of notes happening there. I'll uh, try to let, when you talk a long string next, I'll uh, enjoy a, yeah. a, another sip. Um, one of
0: my favorite things about this bourbon is that uh, even though it's 115 proof, and people say this across the board. It doesn't drink like it. It's a very easy sipper. It, it's uh, you know there's not a whole lot of heat on it, but man, oh man, I I, I wouldn't trade this for two yeah, much. yeah. No,
1: it, it definitely packs some. Now tell me this, something I've I've noticed more as I uh, am exposed to more bourbon drinkers internationally, thanks to some of the uh, sites you've uh, hooked me up with on on Facebook. Sure, a lot of people talk about. Um, kind of some breathing on the higher ethanol uh, bourbons yep. uh, in the bottle, uh, in the glass. I've heard people talk about you know weeks later. I, I've I've experienced it in just an hour or so. It almost just seems like when you first release that that trapped uh, ethanol. Uh, did you find that in this one? Did you find that it, it cooled down some? Or
0: I, I did, but not so much that it
1: became a completely different bourbon. This is a bottle
0: from. Uh, 2016. Okay. So the the end of the end of last year. Mm-hmm. And um,
1: so it it's had a little bit of time to, to open up. Of yeah. Course. I think once you got to I, I really think you've got to uncork them first. You know. Yeah. That's Um, if you notice on my bar here, we we just about decanter all of our bourbons. <laughs> um, I find that is really it really sets them loose. Um, when that's just that transfer, a little bit of release, and and you just it's just all bourbon after that. Yeah. And you feel real fancy when you pour Oh, yes. You, know, you need to feel fancy sometimes. And uh, I'm going to be, when this episode
0: drops on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all that good stuff, I'm going to be putting up a short little video um, showcasing some of Brett's cocktail making. Looking forward to it. And uh, when you'll be able to see uh, Brett's beautiful home bar. And actually, I'd like to do a, a whole episode in the future just talking about building your bar. Um, and uh, what, what made this one so special, too. And uh, you know, I I love this room. It's not just the bar; it's the (laughs) the whole, it's a solid room, the whole man cave aspect of it. uh,
1: Yeah. Let me chime in on that uh, since that is going to be a a, a fun episode when you do it, and I I hope we can uh, contribute to that. Uh, We have you know several people you know that like to call this place home, and um, it basically uh, this house was kind of unleashed to me is for my own undoing, and uh, (laughs) but. Truthfully, we let the rest of the house look nice and uh, fashioned and decorated and all that sort of thing. But I just asked for one room.
0: <laughs> Give me just
1: one room, and uh, let the ladies do the rest. And uh, this was the room. And it wasn't. It's not my room now. It's it's everybody's room. It's, the, uh, yeah. it's everybody's favorite place to go. The community room. But if you you know when you do build your man cave, don't make it a man cave. Make it. A, people cave yeah, I don't exactly. know how to tell you because this is where everybody exactly. wants to meet and, and when you look around the walls it's not my stuff it's everybody's stuff it, it, is. it, it yeah. is it it's little just snapshots into what we love what our passions are as a group of friends as a uh, and all of that and, and just uh don't put your man cave in the cave. I put mine as the main room and the main floor yeah. of the main house.
0: Yeah. You know? You've got trophies <laughs> hanging all over the place, both literal and figurative. <laughs> True. I is. mean, uh, lots the, of pictures. The Soggy Weasel barrel, mm-hmm. um, mini barrel. Uh, there's different show posters hanging around. Um, that might be my wife. That just walked in. I'm not sure. Hello. Hi. Hi. The official wife of the podcast yeah, just walked in. Yeah, welcome to our Hi, podcast. Official wife. Hi. Hi, And daughter. Yeah. No, oh yeah.
1: <laughs> Sound effect for you? How are you? What's that? Oh. That's. Okay. That's, I, I believe you. That's the beautiful place. The beautiful thing about my place here is you never know who's gonna just walk right through the door. When the door's wide open. Well I mean, we that's leave it unlocked a... <laughs> for a reason. We like lots of guests, so. So, so so
0: we're so we're gonna jump right into um some of the main questions that I like to ask people when they come on the show. And the the first one is What got you into bourbon? Why would you start drinking bourbon, and what made it so appealing to you um,
1: as an alcohol enthusiast? Uh, You've coined my phrase, my (laughs) moniker. Yes, yes, it sounds so much better than other uh, things that people might call us. Um, Let me tell you, I I got started um, actually drinking rather late in life, and um, that's just a social fun thing to do on weekends. I I do a lot of historical events and that sort of thing, uh, you know recreations and reenactments and uh, it just sort of became part of the part of the ceremony of the weekend is enjoying some some bourbon but I have to admit now I was doing it in sort of a fun fashion I was shooting bourbon usually uh you know cheaper cheaper bourbon someone brought just to put in a saddlebag or as
0: we all did at one point
1: right? yeah yeah shooting saddle bag or not yeah um <laughs> but to be honest with you um you I guess since I'm retired from the business, I can talk about it. What really got me into learning more about true bourbon and what makes bourbon bourbon and where it came from and, and its 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 true sources was uh, number one a fascination with history.
0: Sure.
1: And I became a moonshiner. <laughs> uh, just put it right out there. Um, it was very uh, very craft. Uh, oriented and uh, it was a little bit ahead of the curve before everyone was doing it and it's popular and all before that before there was a show yeah um, <laughs> national TV. and to be honest i was really doing it just because of my love of history and my love of hands-on and 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 all of that aspect just really appealed to me and to do that you've got to research you've got to learn you've got to read you got to dig and and I loved, you know, real the visceralness of a real book, you know, not just surfing yeah. the web, you know. So I have a collection of books and, and in these books are collections of stories, and in these stories are collections of, of facts and past and history and 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 you start seeing, you know, that really moonshine was just you know, just bourbon. You know, just yeah. the it's how it all started, you know, the the Scots Irish with their <laughs> their traditions of whiskey making and and uh, Overabundances of corn and and inability to transport all of it, and then you just start learning. Oh, I see how this became that, and and now I see the the right. nemesis for the aging of the barrels and all of this. How it became, you know, made Kentucky famous, and it just you just it was awesome to see all the the puzzle pieces come together as I was learning about just corn whiskey, and uh, and and then you know then I. Just really became proud of Kentucky bourbon. Yeah. Just really, really proud and, and possessive. Yeah. Of it, I will say. On, on the opposite end of that, I I got more into
0: the drinking of bourbon um, before I really appreciated the history and the heritage of,
1: uh, of yeah. bourbon. I guess it's very um, similar. I mean, I, I like I say I started shooting it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Know? Exactly. But I, you know, from the get go, I know. Ne- There's the microwave. <laughs> From the get-go, I I'd always said, you know, bourbon is something that I don't want to get really drunk on or anything. Um, bourbon's something that I – and that happens. I'm not going to, you know, deny that, that <laughs> that's happened from time to time. Right, right. But I would much rather sit around and, and enjoy a couple glasses um, of something that might be a little bit um, harder to find or a, mm. a little bit more – that was a nice little sound yeah. effect uh, right perfect. there, that hitting the, the
1: bar top. We're going to sample that and use that a lot. Uh, <laughs> in future shows, um, if you're really good at this uh, and you're a continuity freak, you'll find that same sound effect. Ah, there it is. <laughs> All right. Use throughout.
0: That'll go in the theme song. Yeah. Sure it's We're going to work there. that in.
1: Yeah. Awkward silence as we both drank at the same time. Drink,
0: Yeah, <laughs> drink silence, but that's okay. As we like to say, we're uncut and unfiltered here on uh, yeah. This is My Bourbon Podcast. And the longer this podcast podcast gets, the more fun it, <laughs> it's going to be. So hang,
1: hang with us and uh, hope you're drinking with us.
0: You know, there's a, um, a really great show uh, with two guys. I, I love them both. Um, their names are Will and the Grease. They're out of Nashville, and they have a whole whiskey podcast oh, called flooded. The Podcast. Oh, very and, good. Uh, I, I wish That's one of those things I wish I had known about be- beforehand. And um, we're, we're working on trying to get Will and the Grease on this show oh, they must um, be. in must. the future. And though no, I don't want to spoil too much about that, but I think we're, it's going to be a lot of fun having them on. Um, especially if the Grease gets a little greasy, uh, as he likes to say. Spoiler. But anyway, <laughs> um, that's not what we're here to talk about. What we're here to talk about today is the wonderful craft of bourbon cocktails. Mm. Um, yes. So we'll get into what I consider to be um, the house cocktail, almost literally, mm-hmm. here at... Um, well, I don't want to give away too much of your personal information so you don't have people yeah. <laughs> showing up looting your bourbon or anything. Right, right. Um, the Rusty Pistol Saloon. The Rusty Pistol Saloon is exactly right. Um, so as, as much as... We love drinking straight Kentucky bourbon.
1: Yes, oh yes.
0: There is uh, something really exciting about the the science and, and experimentation and craft that goes into the cocktail. Yes, sir. Um, and you are a mixologist.
1: <laughs> yes, not professionally. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an alcohol enthusiast. That's all I claim to be. <laughs> but I do tend to uh, lean toward uh, some uh, mixture of. I'm starting to think that
0: maybe the the title of this episode is going to be "This is my alcohol enthusiast." Yes, absolutely, <laughs> splendid. So, uh, talk a little bit about your journey through becoming uh, a part time mixologist on Perfect. on the on the weekend, and um, you know why you you really enjoy doing that, and uh, you know I'll, I'll let
1: you go from there. Well, thank you. I um, will tell you. I have to give my love of history uh, again, a uh, big credit to that. Um, as I studied uh, like say the moon shining, I, I must admit the the reason I built my first still was to make absinthe, the the green fairy, the famous uh, elixir from france and and there's a rich, rich history there in a very tumultuous tumultuous uh, yeah, tumultuous that, yeah yeah uh, one there. and uh, in learning that, I I, I really became fascinated with absinthe in its purest form the way it's 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 drank just like uh, bourbon here you know that, as we're sharing but also as a historian i began to learn more about the cocktail and uh, a lot of people won't realize as you know you may go to the liquor store today and stop by the the checkout counter and buy a bartender's guide that helps you uh, mix uh, a myriad of, of cocktails and shots and drinks and the sort of... Mm-hmm. Um, the very first really Universally uh, uh, published, produced, and and enthusiastically uh, uh, purchased, Bartender's Guide was written by Jerry Thomas in the heart of America's most like tragic time, eighteen sixty two. The heart of the Civil War really was the very first cocktail guide. What
0: a good time for that! Isn't that something? Popular though, (laughs) yeah, it's
1: it's amazing, man, and. you know, because if you read this, you would think it's in a high lifetime of America where it's everything's all great and all this, but yeah. it's absolutely one of the most tragic times in American history. But what you have to realize is the U.S. government has lots of money, and they tended to occupy many, many towns, uh, big cities uh, all over the, the country. And as they occupy these towns, uh, they had lots of officers on a payroll with <laughs> nothing to do with their money, but... You know, and they're boredom, but drink. So if you're the Galt House or the or some other uh, Louisville zone, Louisville zone, yeah, uh, Louisville zone, <laughs> there were uh, similar uh, or the Brown. I think the Brown may have been around those days. I think it was, uh, was a too. famous murder <laughs> there. Um, so uh, <laughs> during the Civil War, of a, a general body, we'll get into that's another whole show. That, that's uh, for a, this is my Civil War yeah, podcast. Yeah, this is my <laughs> Civil War podcast. Um, well, obviously, if you're you have all this government money out there, and how are you going to get it? You're going to have better drinks. And guess what, people? Flare bartending was invented in the <laughs> Civil War. Uh, just look up the Blue Blazer. Uh, it's uh, basically the guy lit some high-proof alcohol on fire and poured it from one cup to another and tried not to burn the hotel down oh. in the process. Um, but the bigger show you put on, the better drinks you made, uh, got, got the more, the more customers. I just searched
0: blue blazer on uh, Google without actually qualifying cocktail Probably and just a not bunch a great of blue, idea, <laughs> just
1: a bunch. Bruce Brothers of... <laughs> looks nice. I like that. It
0: looks sporting. In just that. a bunch of blazers. Just came a bunch up. of not blue good. blazers.
1: That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, no. I'll, so I'll check that out later. As I read through this guide, uh, I referred to the absinthe because I found absinthe being used totally differently than I had envisioned. Well, like, early, well before it was, like, highly, you know, sought after in the Bella Poque era, which is closer to the turn of the century, uh, right. but used in many cocktails. And then the more I saw, not always bourbon, uh, but, but whiskey, because, you know, as you know, bourbon was just in its infancy of being universally understood, but still was gaining much popularity as a drink bourbon. As you know, uh, General Grant won a war uh, drinking Old Crow on a, on a quick side note about yes. the
0: absinthe, but b- before we get too deep into anything and I forget, um, if you want real absinthe, I mean, and I mean in the absolute realist sense, get in contact with us. Um, we'll hook you up with uh, a, a once in a lifetime experience of, uh, absinthe. I'll just say the only place that I will go to drink absinthe <laughs> is right here in, uh, the, <laughs> the rusty pistol saloon. Yeah. Um, because it, it not only does it feel more authentic because it's made to be more authentic, uh, but it's
1: also just so good. Yes, <laughs> it's so and, good. And you'll be glad to know the green fairy is happily uh, happily resides here, so she won't follow you home. So you can uh, enjoy enjoy your dance with the green fairy. Uh, it's <laughs> complete safety. um Anyways, sorry that to would be would be a pleasure. I would love to do it. It's uh, still a great great passion of mine. It, it truly is. Um. So, as I saw more and more how these drinks were being made, and, and as you know, the old-fashioned was probably the original, I guess, heralded as the original cocktail, the original bourbon cocktail, and it was very simple. I saw a lot of uses of just uh, you know sugar syrups and just some very basic things. And uh, I just had this horrible thought about somebody mixing absinthe and Coke. Uh, yeah, I don't and know I'd, where that came I'd from. I just... I'd... But now that you've said that, maybe... Uh, <laughs> You'll probably bring it up some night when we've had two, three grout glasses of absinthe and everything suddenly seems like a great idea. Uh, which the third glass of absinthe is sort of the breaking point. I'm just going to warn y'all have you all.
0: Have you ever been hiking at the landfill?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this sounds like a
1: great idea. Let's yeah. get suited up. Yeah. So um, he digresses, uh, but I do uh, like very much that. <laughs> Right as I was really getting into to kind of learning all this and and seeing, you know, kind of craft cocktails because there was no other way. There was (laughs) every cocktail was a craft cocktail because you were it. There was no liquor store to go buy place things or go to the uh, the grocery store section for the pre-made sweet and sour. Yeah, I was going to say you can't go to Walmart and get a sweet and sour roses grenadine and that sort. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody was a craft cocktail mythologist because that's all they could do. Um, about that time I, uh, was lucky enough to live in a town, which I still do, like Sydney Kentucky that had sort of a rebirth downtown. Oh, and, um, and with that, some really, really good cocktail bars with some really serious, enthusiastic, just skilled out of this earth bartenders. Um, that I'm, you know, very, very proud to know. And, uh, I just became fascinated by what they were doing. Uh, to watch a fellow who, of course, just blew you away making a cocktail, a bourbon cocktail, and the way he, he poured every, every aspect of it and, 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 and with the uh, addition of any uh, bitters or, or uh, garnishes, just did it like he was creating art. You see the next guy orders a beer, and he pours the beer with that same amount of enthusiasm and art, like every drop of that beer he cre- is creating somewhere between the can and the glass. And that that type of devotion was just infectious to me, and uh, it obviously you know kind of fueled my desire to learn more. And um, I'm one of those guys that hates just being on the sidelines. And if I can <laughs> find some way to to get my own you know, little niche in the in the game, I will. And and um, I. I host some some pretty good uh, events with my uh, his historical re- reenacting outfits and things, and it's came a, a vehicle for me also there. Um, I, I go ahead as a um for for those of
0: you that might have found this show through um, the the store online. This is my my bourbon shop. Um, you might have figured out that I am also a graphic designer in my spare time when I'm not drinking bourbon. Um. That was a joke that probably didn't land, but that's okay um, <laughs> um and i I understand the appreciation for the the art aspect of it mm-hmm. you know as something of an I'd, I'd have the conversation all the time about whether or not graphic design is an a, an art form um but the the point is that I still understand and appreciate that that form of art that comes with um Cocktail crafting yeah. and, and being a mixologist, um, as as highbrow as that sounds, but people look at artists the same way and go, "Well, do you think a little bit higher of yourself mm-hmm. um, than than we probably think about you." But
1: uh, so is society. So yeah. is life. Well, um, to kind of go along with that, right about the time I was really getting into learning about bitters and and the use of uh, of different things that to bring bourbon alive, um, which, again, I loved at this point just to sip on, as you and I, it's very rare that you'll see, you know, ice in our glass. Um, Certain bourbons, you know, some people claim come alive that way, and I'm always willing to try it.
0: And one of the things that we
1: always say, too,
0: is it doesn't matter how you drink it as long as you are enjoying it. Yeah, exactly. And I, um, I, I have found plenty of people that like bourbon on the rocks, the same bourbon on the rocks that mm. I drink need. Yep. And all the power to them. Yeah. I mean, let, let them enjoy that. If they enjoy, um, and, and I'm using an extreme example here, but if they enjoy Pappy 23 year in a cocktail, yep. or Pappy 23 on the rocks, however mm-hmm. overrated Pappy might be, all right, all right. Yep, <laughs> or yep. overhyped. Um, At least overpriced. Uh, yeah. Definitely overpriced, but that—that's a whole nother episode to go into. But anyway, you know, it, they're enjoying it um, and they're
1: celebrating the
0: heritage of, of yeah. Kentucky and the heritage of bourbon as well.
1: Yeah, I was actually going down one direction, but I wanted to add something right there. Um, <laughs> it's a great, great Booker No story, and uh, uh, Perry has heard this same one because uh, you know oh, we about this story. we as enthusiastic bourbon purists. Uh, might roll our eyes at a bourbon and coke, um, but someone once asked
0: oh,
1: Booker, "No, you know, at this time he was the the living godfather of bourbon when uh, when he was asked this question, and someone said Booker, you got to tell me um, if I took the very best bourbon that's ever been made in the world and put it in coke, what have I done?" And Booker just looked right at her and said, "You just made the very best bourbon and coke in the world." <laughs> There it is, people. That's it. If that's the way you enjoy it, by gosh, and you've got the best bourbon in the world, and that's the way you want to enjoy it, by God, you have the very best bourbon and Coke in the world. And I mean, I'll, I'll, again, I'm
0: no stranger to, to bourbon and Coke, so mm-hmm. I'll in, indulge from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it's just, you know, you're you're drinking bourbon. Mm-hmm. That's you're in, it. You're enjoying it. And um, I, I would rather see somebody enjoying and drinking bourbon in their own way mm-hmm. than somebody turning their nose up at it. Right. But, you know, this is called This Is My Bourbon Podcast, yeah. Yeah, so right, you probably right. <laughs> knew that well, already.
1: We're, we're kind of taking these way out being bourbon enthusiasts because there's no such thing as bad bourbon. There, if you obey all the rules and are truly a bourbon, you're going to be good. And it's it, really hard to really completely mess it up. It's just how great is it? Yeah. That's the way I put it. It's yeah. all good, but how great is it compared... All you got to do is branch off into any other whiskey, and you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I know there's lots of uh, rye lovers out there. There's lots of Scotch lovers, and there's Irish whiskey lovers. And then again, there's there's beauty to that every bit of it. And I've always enjoyed drinking drinking any of those with with an enthusiast of, of that uh, variety. And you know, this just ours, and we're just proud of it. Yep, absolutely. Um, so let me. Uh, we got to back up a little bit. I yeah, we got to back up a little yeah. bit. I'm Trying to even figure out where I was actually. <laughs> um, but you know, we were talking about uh, crafting some some things with. Uh, we're getting more creative with with bourbon and and uh, and I, I, like I said, I saw more and more being done with it. And um, he was talking about that artistic aspect. If you remember, Perry he was talking about mixologists being like an artist and um, art. Or your personal art, as you know, it can be a lot of things. If you're a chef, if you're a, uh, a pastry cook, whatever it is, um, that's well, the food, beautiful... Food is a form of art. Oh, my in gosh. Ever since. Uh, oh, man. So right about the time I was really getting into crafting some things with bourbon, I was uh, I met a, a really, really neat girl named Sarah in Indiana. And she had a cool little uh, restaurant, kind of like the middle of nowhere. And uh, she loved to bake pies. You know, the rest of it, fry cooking, french fries, slap the stuff on the grill, whatever. But pies. And she knew how I was with my moonshine and my bourbon creations and my cocktails. And we both connected on that kind of level because no matter how busy she was slinging a burger, she knew somebody had just ordered a slice of a pie that she just really wanted to be really good. And she would be watching over her shoulder. And that was her... Her famous, like, favorite time is that first bite of pie.
0: Nothing like a good slice of cherry pie. Oh, I'm telling uh, you. And a, she loved <laughs> a, to see, a fine cup of
1: coffee. You know, she wanted to see the eyes closed. She wanted to see uh, that look on their face. And it's the same exact thing that I always did when I was giving someone a drink, first drink of something that I'd made. And we really connected on that. And that's that kind of artist thing. I don't care what your art is, man, and... Uh, by God, I'm happy bourbon's my art.
0: Yeah, uh, and we're in the same boat, and we don't need a bigger one because there's no. Plenty it's of us in yeah, it. I I mean, it's getting it, bigger all the time. Yeah, we have to get a bigger <laughs> boat. We need a bigger boat, Perry.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. So, um, before we get into the what is going to be basically our our review of the episode. So, for for those who have listened to uh, this is my bourbon podcast prior to this episode you know that towards the end, we like to review a burden, or we'd like to have a flight fight or whatever. Um, so today, being our first cocktail episode, um, we're going to throw a little curveball at you, which is okay because, you know, this is all about cocktails here today. What we're going to um, be enjoying and experiencing, I hope, unless, unless Brett has, has decided to change the game up i think we can make this happen all right good deal um is what i fully believe to be the best cocktail i've ever had and thank you sir and uh no thanks needed i mean all thanks to you for uh you and a good friend of the show greg yes um and not just the show good friend of the family
1: yep and Um, and this uh fine libation we're sampling yes um
0: the, the cocktail that was, um, according to cocktail lore,
1: <laughs> yes.
0: created late one day uh, on Derby Day.
1: Oh, just after, two weeks after Derby. Oh, was it two yes. days? Oh, okay. There's okay, a reason we were tired days. of
0: the mint julep by that point.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but if you're ever looking for the perfect marriage between a mint julep and an old-fashioned the Lincoln Avenue. Don't forget the uh, the Manhattan. And the Manhattan, too. That's right. There There is vermouth in there. Yeah. Um, the Lincoln Avenue, which is named after a, a, the street that it was created on in Lexington, Kentucky. You're, you're really missing out. I mean, if, if you haven't found it yet. And we highly uh, encourage you to get in contact with the show so that we can... Um, hook you up with something at some point. Yeah.
1: And, uh, we'll just try give, to you, sure. give you my number when you go to a bar. Just <laughs> just say, hey, you don't know me, but this bartender needs to know how to make a Lincoln. I'll try to text <laughs> it to you. I'll, I'll uh, make a send, a, send him a link. Yeah, so, oh, go ahead, Perry.
0: Well, I, I was just going to say, we've already talked a little bit about the inspiration for the Lincoln Avenue. And um, you're, uh, I also said earlier on that when this episode drops, we're going to be posting a video uh, from this, this recording and we're not just going to be um, showing the, the home bar, the the rest of pistol. We're also going to be showing a little bit of the creation of the Lincoln Avenue. Excuse me. And uh, I, I think you're really going to enjoy seeing the process that goes into it, especially if you've listened <laughs> this far into the episode. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Um, yeah, really. Um, so, before we, uh, we get into it, talk a little bit about the ingredients that are going to go into it and, and what makes it the perfect marriage between um, those three cocktails we
1: mentioned, the mint julep, the old-fashioned, and the Manhattan. Thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, people, all right, those three here cocktails, those three cocktails that my son in law just the, mentioned.
0: Eye of the Tiger is uh, starting up in the background. And, oh, yeah. yeah. So we're,
1: uh, we're in a sweatsuit right now. We're, we're jogging in place. All right, we're getting ready to, it's getting real now. Uh, there's, we'll find a big flight of steps later at the end, but we probably uh, we will not make it. Uh, in, in Adrian! The shape that, yeah, we're really, really halfway through uh, our samplings here. Um, now what, what I want to say is, a uh, uh, good friend Greg that he mentioned was working at a uh, really, really good cocktail bar in Lexington and became friends with Greg and, um, really hit it off. He's, he's quite a, a unique individual and I really hope that, you know, he gets to hear this and I'll, I'll send him a little something. He's living in Fort Myers, Florida, uh, spreading the, uh, the beautiful cocktail word and, and the love of bourbon as far South as he can. And, uh. And he he really has, he really inspired me. He worked with me. We created a small little uh, company called Creative Cocktails Lexington. Our idea was uh, to bring LLC. There you go. Uh, to bring <laughs> quality drinks, quality cocktails to the the catering market. You know, you, you have these these kids that can barely throw a gin and tonic or bourbon and coke together. Um, we wanted we wanted to be able to bring you your own signature cocktail for your event. It's never existed before, named for you, people could order it there, you'd have the recipe to keep for the rest of your life, you know, as as something fun to to make at parties and things. And uh, we're still, it's still, the idea is still alive and and knocking around. We've got several people that are enthusiastic about it. But um, as we started doing more and more events and and, uh, getting really kind of into our craft, we started making our own bitters. Uh, we started finding ways to uh, make some really good uh, mixers and that sort of thing. Uh, he was really in tune with kind of the kind of the hip happening kind of crowd that was building around bourbon at the time, and that was great. And uh, we had gone to Derby, and as we were wont to do, we made some really good mint juleps, really good mint juleps. I have a, a wonderful neighbor next door named Sarah, who is a a, a gardener for our whole neighborhood, and. She's been uh, making some really good mint for me. She's hybrided some really uh, neat mints like Kentucky Colonel Southern Colonel, spearmint, and they've grown together now over about seven years and i I have a mint patch that I'm so proud of just on the <laughs> the other side of my gate in my neighbor's yard and uh, so you uh, own part of that. I'm yeah certain. that's right I'm telling you no we uh, all my neighbors have gates between our yards so we can all just come and go to the back doors as we please. Uh, we're all uh, we're all bourbon enthusiasts that's the beautiful part. Um, but uh, Greg and I had made some really good mint juleps and uh, for some reason that afternoon I wasn't really feeling a mint julep. We had many was so a couple weeks after uh, Derby. It uh, made an old-fashioned and I think I'd made a Manhattan and um, all three of those are acquired taste cocktails, all right? They are bourbon-lover purist cocktails, but I want anyone out here on this uh, listening audience to tell me the last time they went out on a Saturday night and were bellied up to the bar at their favorite establishment <laughs> in order to mid julep. it, all right? Just please tell me when that happened last. Probably not. Uh, d- if it's outside of Kentucky... Yeah, I would be
0: really really surprised right
1: and again and you know the old-fashioned is maybe a little more popular just because it's it's so storied uh, the Manhattan you know, a little less but again a really really great way to enjoy bourbon in the martini style uh, love of Manhattan but again an acquired taste it's a purest bourbon cocktail and by an accident that afternoon I discovered that by combining the basic ingredients of the three of those, we can bring out the best of each individual cocktail and just highlight them and showcase them. And so what we did, we just, by by just pure, just getting in there and, and, and right. rolling our sleeves up, we stripped them down to their bare essentials and found better ways to make them. Like let's get, you know, uh, organic, uh, wonderful Demerara sugar, uh, and uh, you know, a carbon-free production demerara sugar, and, and make our own uh, rich syrup. Let's uh, kind of make our own uh, orange liqueur. Let's you know get the best uh, sweet vermouth, and uh, just kind of build it up from scratch. And it's you know not super craft, but you know we did make our some of our own bitters. And uh, I, I, I would consider it craft. I, I think mean, so. if, if, I, you're, I if you're if you're doing
0: if you're doing stuff like you know making your own bitters, right? In in Aging your own bitters, especially. Yep. Yep. Or um, brewing is not the right word, but um, brewing your own uh, simple syrup or Demerara syrup. Right, right. You know, um, that is all part of the craft that goes into
1: yep. the art of the cocktail. Yep. That's <laughs> really the, the the dim is one of the few things you can't really shortcut on because uh, it sure. is a rich syrup where a, a simple... Which you can buy adulterated versions at your at your uh, liquor store, but um, nothing compares right. to
0: making it at home.
1: Because a demerara sugar is literally one to one a mm-hmm. cup of sugar to a cup of water, and it's a rich, dark, beautiful sugar. Uh, whereas simple is like a two to one, two waters to one, right? Basically, white granulated sugar. Um, you, by going with the demerara, you just get such a, a, a wonderful richness to the to the sweetness without just being sweet for no reason, right? Um, but the beautiful thing about the Lincoln that I'm going to tell y'all is, uh, you can build the rest of it off the shelf. All right. You can pick your favorite bourbon. You can, you can find a really nice, uh, orange liqueur or a Cointreau, um, or, uh, a, a Patron makes a really nice, uh, Citrone, their own version of a, of a, of a Cointreau. Um, and you can, uh, you know, find this good sweet vermouth right on the shelf. It's not expensive. And they're and they're delicious, and uh, make sure it's sweet and not dry. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) It's very important. Very important. (laughs) And and just build it up yourself. And just my gosh, you know, find some mint and uh, uh, delicious navel orange, and you are you will blow the socks off any visitor, guest uh, that you're having at your house for dinner party.
0: So I think that um, I I'm certainly excited about it, and I think that some of our listeners are getting a little bit more excited about. Seeing the, or or listening to, rather, Mm -hmm. the uh, whole process that goes into creating the Lincoln Avenue. Um, And before we do that, I want to ask. Yes, sir. um, And I already know the answer, but I want to make sure that you know, too. (laughs) What bourbon are we using for
1: the the Lincoln Avenue tonight? Well, it's a very splendid bourbon that, (laughs) unfortunately for all you... Non Kentuckians, good luck finding it. Can't find. No, but Sorry. worry. Um, I'm clanking the bottle about the bar right now in front of the microphone. Um, we have a splendid, splendid distillery uh, in Kentucky uh, called Heaven Hill. They make many, many. Uh, I tell you what, we'll, we're drinking out of a Heaven Hill glass right now. So we let are me read indeed. you Evan Williams, Elijah Craig, uh, Bernheim, original wheat whiskey. Uh, wheat whiskey. Yeah, wheat. Uh, Parker's Heritage Collection, Rittenhouse Rye, Larceny Bourbon. All right, these are some serious bourbon makers here, all right? But their go-to, their classic, their namesake is Heaven Hill. Yes, it is. And uh, unfortunately for the rest of y'all, here in Kentucky, we can get Heaven Hill bottled in Bond, straight Kentucky bourbon whiskey. It didn't travel somewhere to be bottled. It wasn't adulterated by some Californian or <laughs> anything else. It, it is right here in Kentucky. But the beautiful thing, it's six years old in the bottle at an affordable price, and it is absolutely delightful. And especially those of you who enjoy a uh, more wheaty, slightly sweet bourbon, it is right up your alley. And uh, anybody who has listened
0: to the show before notes that on our very first episode we did uh, Flight Fight with mm. our uh, we we did a bottled and bond budget bourbon battle. I ah, love and budget so, bourbon. Like I said, so it's what, all good. So, so what, what we great did, is it? Um, Brett? I don't think you know this or not. Oh, tell me, um, talk to me. We did we did Heaven Hill bottled and bond. Okay. We did very old Barton bottled and bond, oh, which B-O-B. is the the uh, the uh, oh. not that I can't
1: I wish y'all could see this on my bar. <laughs> I have a bourbon tap. All right, it's made by uh, an outfit out of Pennsylvania called Funky Rock. It's. Uh, <laughs> This is a this is an explicit show too. Yes. So
0: not that anybody under eighteen is going to be listening to the show, but that's okay. Granite rock,
1: come on. <laughs> uh, but, he, but look it up on the interwebs. It's fascinating. He does really really great work, and he makes these beautiful decanters out of uh, marble and granite. Um, it has a beer tap on it uh, with that's a beautiful uh, stone as the uh, handle, and you can uh, set your favorite bourbon down in there and. Uh, Dispense it with great uh, reckless abandon, <laughs> as we are wanting to You can walk
0: do. right past. Yes. and lose your mind. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'll so so do. with the the flight fight, I'll back up a Love little. Love some VOB. Um, yeah, we did we did the Heaven Hill six year bottle and bond. We did the very old Barton bottle and bond. And we also did the Evan Williams bottle and bond. Oh, splendid! And um, I, I don't want to spoil too much, so you know, skip ahead about fifteen seconds. Um, but in my flight fight. Heaven Hill wine. And uh, I, I, I stand by a six-year bottle of, uh, of bourbon
1: oh that gosh. you can
0: buy Goodness for $13 in, yep.
1: in the heart of bourbon country. I'm telling you right now. But y'all don't uh, understand, a lot of the high-dollar bourbons you're buying now were available like this Except on uh, mid-shelf uh, uh, bottles. With, up an in, yeah, with an age statement, Yeah, uh, with an age statement. Old Charter out of Buffalo Trace was a wonderful uh bourbon with an age statement i think it was eight year age statement mm-hmm. it came out of if you've ever been uh you you if you've not been on the bourbon trail you got to do it um i i think uh buffalo trace is actually off the bourbon trail right now but just go there there no it's on excellent split it's on splitted, yeah splitted. I, I was there recently and uh saw that they were on um they have a stone house there very unique stone rick house, and all the uh, old charter is aged in the stone rick house. well on a mid to bottom shelf, you could buy eight year old old charter. Well, now that age statement is gone. Um, a lot of y'all are familiar with the Eagles Rare. Well, that's really just a single barrel ancient age. Um, still labeled as a ten year bourbon though. What's that?
0: Eagle Rare.
1: Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah, you have
0: to. You have to search for it. Right. I mean, you really have to. I mean, as as far as you know, working for it, you have to just pick the bottle up and right. Turn it 180 degrees, and you can see that it says 10 years on it. Yeah, but but it's, a, a, it's a 10 year bottle of bourbon for thirty dollars.
1: Yeah. Well, but just a few short years ago, you could get that same bourbon as Ancient Ancient Age on the middle shelf for sixteen dollars.
0: Very The same
1: true. bourbon, but again, it's a single barrel version of the Ancient Ancient Age. So that's what separates it. <laughs> um, you know, but who's going to buy a single barrel Ancient Ancient Age? Let's just give it a fancy name, a pretty bottle, and boom, there it's you a long go. Shot. But that's okay, and that's and that's why we're so proud to, to still have an age-stated uh, bourbon at a, uh, what do you call it, bargain price?
0: What? Uh, what, what do we say? Bottle and bond, bargain bourbon battle. There you go. So yeah, a, yes. bargain, a
1: bargain bourbon. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the bourbon that's going to be going into, mm-hmm. we went a little bit off track there, but the, the bourbon that's going into Lincoln Avenue this evening. Is going to be Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Um, so if you want to drink along with the show, um, as we should,
1: you ready? Yeah. All right. And, and you're, oh, are we, are we, yeah, gonna, we're drink gonna a do this right before now. Before we actually, okay, we I'm actually taking get into over the, the show for a minute. <laughs> um, I've now, I'm a little bit of a show pirate. I'm taking over. Um, you remember the fancy corking sound that we made? This is what we're gonna make now. You ready? I need silence on the set, quiet crack crack plastic <laughs> crack, 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 crack. all right which uh, i don't know if any of y'all know the, well the french the name for a screw off cap but that's what we just did <laughs> i'm sure it's really fancy sounding all right so we are now before we start you know making a cocktail we need to you know get down to basics and everybody knows how much i love this and the and the um
0: the palate and the yeah. nose on this but i Never gonna turn this broken right. down.
1: And another <laughs> gift to you, another gift to your sound effect cataloger. I'm gonna pour this one at the mic. The all important glass clicking sound.
0: <laughs> oh, and the pour.
1: Oh, hope that showed up.
0: I <laughs> hope you realize I am the sound effects guy. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a big crew that makes up
1: this podcast uh, Of people. It's, uh, we got our
0: home base guys, Tanner and Curtis, <laughs> and then you got me, who's yeah, doing yeah. all the legwork. That's right. Sorry, Tanner and Curtis. I love you guys, but uh, you all know right, how well, it's going. All so, right, anyway. sound effect
1: cataloger. Here we go. Cheers. Uh, right. I didn't like it. Let's do it again. Uh, Let's do it right, again. No, hold it by the bottom. Let's get a good glass yeah. ring. Are right, yeah. you ready? Right at my mic. Ready? One, two, three. Perfect. Oh, cheers. Oh, that's going right into the uh, theme the song. The bank. The, yeah. the catalog. Yeah. <laughs> on it. All right, now, that's people... That's smoother. That's
0: smoother than the 114. You on got to understand, understand what we're side. doing here.
1: What we're doing here, people, are we're drinking a bottom shelf, $12 to $14 bottle of bourbon.
0: And that's not that's not a, uh, an over-exaggeration by any no. means. It is literally... A bottom shelf bourbon for $12. It's six years
1: old. And it's it's 100 100 proof. 100 proof, people. I just. That's more than Van Winkle Lot B 12 year. It is so (laughs) smooth. There is absolutely no ethanol kick. We cracked the seal on that, and it is no breathing needed. Absolutely splendid. Oh,
0: my goodness. Um, It's like a. a, um, And again, as we've said before, I'm stealing this from. Chad of it's bourbon night. It's a caramel bomb.
1: It is. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Anyway, so oh, we're wow. gonna
0: we're gonna finish off our glasses of the Heaven Hill Bottom of Bond Six Year, oh, so and we nice. are going to move into preparation for crafting the the Lincoln Avenue
1: uh, video to
0: come. Video to come exactly. Yeah. So we will be back with you uh, in just uh, a few seconds for you, but probably about fifteen minutes for <laughs> us. Um, Sorry, sorry, Will and the Grease. We're not trying to steal the 15 or anything. All right, but no. there's a good chance for a
1: commercial. Uh, <laughs> you know, our sponsors will be with you shortly.
0: Anyway, we'll be back with you uh, here shortly. So we are back here on This is My Bourbon Podcast. Uh, this episode, as you know, we're talking mainly about Uh, Bourbon Cocktails, and we are just about to prepare the Lincoln Avenue, which, as I've said before, I consider to be the best cocktail I've ever had uh, in any capacity. So, Brett, I would like for you, even though you've had a little bit of it so far, uh, to introduce the Lincoln Avenue um, before you get into the actual crafting process for this, this drink.
1: All right. Uh, we talked about how the Lincoln Avenue really wanted to, uh, or accidentally, showcase the, uh, the, the best parts of three acquired-taste bourbon cocktails, the mint julep, the old-fashioned, and the Manhattan. And um, I think what really made that obvious to me, why it was actually as good as it is, is we entered this cocktail in the... Uh, original, first-ever bourbon social in, in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, 2014. Uh, we had uh, really enthusiastic, amazing, still friends to this day, uh, craft cocktail enthusiasts from uh, some of the best uh, bars here in Lexington, outside of Kentucky, and as far as California. And they had come here to to uh, show show what they have against uh, other enthusiastic uh cocktail crafters just like themselves. And we were blessed to have king cocktail himself, Dale DeGroff, as a uh, <laughs> as a judge. Oh, I uh, I enthusiastically hauled things around and worked as a volunteer for no no fee at all just to sit in on a 2-hour lecture on just the bitters, on just the Manhattan alone. And uh, it was Ooh. it was amazing. Uh, Dale DeGroff is who will uh, be the first to tell you he didn't actually invent it, but he gave up and just started taking credit for the Cosmo. Nice. Um, He's written several books, and I highly recommend every one that he's ever written. And this is reigning King Cocktail. Um, <laughs> he is the man, and to have—he's <laughs> got a crown and a belt. Oh, and everything. it's the whole thing. It's the whole—he doesn't leave home without it entourage. <laughs> uh, but to have Dale DeGroff come up to you after an event at which you just won, hands down by such a margin, they re-added the scores four times, and look at you in the eye and say, "Brett, that was good. That was really good." Oh that's one of the greatest moments of my life. Ugh. But I will tell you why. You know, your daughter isn't here or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will tell you specifically why. Is The more you get into cocktails as a, just an overall behind-the-bar enthusiast, not just bourbon, you will find that uh, even the, most, the best are some of the most elementary uh, cocktail books, like A Man's Place is Behind the Bar. <laughs> um, you, you start to see how... What a title. Yeah, it's a great title. I recommend it to everyone. It's a perfect book. Um, I can get the bibliography to the host of the show, and um, you can check in and, and get it. Uh, I recommend it as a gift-giving item also. I keep about uh, two or three always on hand to give to uh, other alcohol budding alcohol enthusiasts. Very nice. Um, but what you see when you can actually look all at once at our best cocktails... The idea is you start with a beautiful foundation and you try this and you try that and this is built on that and some of the best are like maybe just two elements of this added to that and what you start to find out is, well, it's all tied together. It's all wonderfully related. Um, There's no real inventing the wheel on a classic beautiful cocktail. And so I think that's what we accidentally did with the Lincoln. We didn't try to reinvent the wheel. We literally took the best of the best from different cocktails and put them together.
0: uh, Excuse us for uh, the second official dog of the podcast. Uh, Good old Gus Gus barking at uh, passerbys in the background. Um, But anyway, so we're going to jump right into this. All right. Um if, if you don't mind. So run through very quickly uh what the the um ingredients of the Lincoln Avenue are. All right. And uh then we're we're gonna do a fantastic little uh sampling of it. I'm I'm yeah. just so thrilled. I haven't had this in a
1: long time. Always a lot of fun. Yes, sir, uh, Perry. I'm looking forward to it myself. So <laughs> Thanks, the, Brett. The ingredients of the Lincoln Avenue I would like to think are already at your home bar right now. All right. Uh,
0: Unless you don't have bitters.
1: Oh, the bitters, but I'm going to tell you a little trick on that. That's the, the beautiful thing about what we're doing today. I'm going to kind of talk to you about that. Um, so bourbon, number one, first and foremost, you've got a favorite. We don't have to have a special bourbon for this. Let's go with your favorite bourbon. How about that? All right. Sweet vermouth. My goodness. I hope it's on your bar right now. If it's If it's over six months old, go out buy another bottle. All right? of vermouth, it's not hard to find. It's not hard to find, and vermouth is one of those, unlike a true spirit, will lose character with time. All right, so your sweet and your dry vermouths, uh, keep those replaced. A delicious orange liqueur, such as Cointreau, or you might just buy some Triple Sec. Uh, what we've Or make done, your
0: own at home. Yeah,
1: or what we've done here is we've, we've <laughs> made a, a version of that ourselves, and um when you see the video version, you'll see a, uh, a wonderful navel orange rind peeled off and put inside with some uh, uh, blood orange bitters, and it just makes oh, a yeah. really delightful uh, orange liqueur. Um, of course, our uh, demerara syrup we talked about earlier in the episode Indeed. with the uh, one-to-one to... Uh, Sugar to water ratio of the of a of a really nice uh, demerara sugar. Mm-hmm. We use a carbon free production organic demerara out of uh, Florida, very nice. um, and it is available commercially easily. You just go to just look for it in your grocery store. Now he did mention bitters earlier. Now we're going to use a couple bitters that uh, I made, a kind of a citrus bitter and an aromatic bitter, uh, and there are great books available on on that very subject, but. Um, also, so easy to do uh, the holy trinity of bitters. Every home bar, every bar that's ever opened their doors and claimed to be a bar should have these three bitters. If they don't, <laughs> if just walk in, ask if they have all three. If they say, Nah, what's a bitter? Um, say, Thank you very much. <laughs> say good and night. walk out the good night, good thank you very night. much. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> all right. Um, Peychaud's, probably the one that they do have. Uh, Peychaud's Bitters is. Uh, a, a, been around a while but maybe even more than that the Angostura, uh Angostura bitters uh the aromatics are maybe maybe the number one bitter ever and then followed up by reagan's orange reagan's orange bitters are made uh, by a true craft mix- mixologist who kind of really couldn't find what he wanted out there and made it himself and it took hold and now every drop comes out of uh buffalo trace distillery here in kentucky and frankfort kentucky as with the Peychaud's bitters another internationally uh, purchased bitter every drop comes out of frankfort
0: kentucky sorry heaven hill i know that we're using your bourbon for this cocktail but you know what yeah it's, it's we're all, all we're one all big, <laughs> one big family exactly we're all about family here
1: so my point is is you can buy the holy trinity which you should already have and make this cocktail all right but we do feature three bitters in this cocktail and that's one of the things that separates us uh, from, from others. And um, as I've wafted below the noses of my, uh, my guest here at the Rusty Pistol, some fresh cut uh, <laughs> mint. Always, always important. Um, so easy to grow. Okay. Um, it's, it's, you can find it in your grocery stores, but my goodness, let's just grow some mint in your backyard, people. I'm <laughs> telling you right now. Uh, at the
0: get, very least, things are going to smell oh amazing.
1: amazing. 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 So, right. so let's
0: uh, jump right into
1: this. Those are your ingredients. Yeah. Uh, naval orange, I think I mentioned earlier also. Um, a splendid standard martini glass is an amazing uh, vessel for this cocktail. But we're uh, drinking out of coupe glasses.
0: Yes. Though, so,
1: so the original glass is the original champagne glass, actually, is a coupe, uh, which uh, is a stemmed glass, uh, rounded and beautiful. You should be able to find them anywhere. Um, But what we're going to do is we're going to, I'll try to get this over by the mic, we'll we'll put some ice in in some of these. There's a little extra ice there. And uh, what we're going to do, as you would with any martini, we're going to pre-chill, pre-chill your glass. All right. I brought some water here, I put ice in the glasses, adding some water to the glasses. And while we do the rest of everything, we're just going to let those uh, chill out.
0: <laughs> no pun intended
1: yes no pun intended yeah. alright so the first ingredient we'll probably uh, get to is good old mint alright um, you'll probably have some broke off here ready to go so find your biggest leaves beautiful hearty ones that you might have and about uh, three, two, six leaves will make two drinks really nicely and and uh, as a 40 experience for you
0: as Brett is pulling those leaves off of the stem, there's just an unbelievable aroma that's coming out. Um, and it, if you've never pulled mint leaves right off of the stem, mm, it yeah, is. I I, I, I I can't recommend that enough. No, yes, it's, it <laughs> is.
1: It will it will open your mind, your nose, and your ideas for some for yep. future cocktails. So what I've added while uh, Perry was talking was some of that demerara sugar we've already talked about. Um, we don't have to get serious about measuring. Let's just make sure we've covered those mint leaves very well And uh, with, with the sugar. We're going to muddle next. All right. Um, just all, all you want to do... He's laughing because I'm using a bitters bottle right now because I forgot to muddle. But what we're really trying to do is just break some cells. Just kind of get those opened up. We're not trying to just really get crazy... I like making a nice mojito, all right? Except it's with bourbon. Yes, it's with bourbon. <laughs> and as he said, bourbon is coming next. Um, what we're going to add is about an ounce to ounce and a half of bourbon per, per drink that you're making. Now, remember, these are like a martini. Uh, there's no ice. What you, what you see is what you get as far as your, uh, your liquors. So I go a little heavy to closer to like a two-ounce pour per drink. And, uh, you know, all the power to you. Yep. <laughs> and the best thing about a Lincoln Avenue, if you over-pour the bourbon, that leaves a little for the doctor. For you, the bartender, uh, after you make the drinks, <laughs> you have all kinds of fun stuff left in your shaker.
0: There are so many bartenders that that say you need to pour exactly the right amount.
1: I forgot how to measure a long time ago. I don't, bl- I don't believe up. in that by any means. So the theory... The basic thing you need to understand on the Lincoln Avenue is based on the original cocktails. So it's sort of a percentage. You, whatever you put in the bourbon, you wanna cut back on the vermouth to about half, and then on the orange liqueur, again, about half. Um, so the vermouth, um, we're gonna put in about uh, an ounce per drink all right, that you're doing. All right, and now we're gonna follow that right up with the orange liqueur at about a half, three quarters to a half ounce for each drink. For
0: those of you following along at home, now would be a perfect time to pause or go back in order to uh, figure out exactly what you're supposed to be doing because you've never done this before. And if you have, hi, Greg.
1: Uh, <laughs> there, there you go. All right, now, what we've done, we've got the bourbon, we've got the Demerara, we've got the sweet vermouth, we've got the wonderful orange liqueur, we've got the elements of, of several of your most Beloved bourbon cocktails, but it's just simply not a true cocktail without bitters. So I'm going to put in some aromatic bitters, uh, a nice dropper or two, as I want to do because I think it's not a cocktail without bitters. It's not a drink without bitters. I agree, bitters. actually. All right, and I we're going to do
0: neat,
1: we're going to do some citrus. <laughs> we're going to do some citrus bitters. All right, uh, a really nice addition to really bring things out, but we're going to absolutely go to our classic Angostura Bitter. The, the one bitter you're going to find at any bar you go to that's worth drinking at. Any bar, any liquor store. Ooh. Yeah. Little nice well, sound effect for you. Yeah. So we have just made a cocktail with three kinds of bitters in it. And uh, all, the, all probably the most classic ingredients. We've not tried to do anything. We've not invented any wheels here. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to put that in a shaker that's got some ice in it all right we're going to shake that up now you gin drinkers know how you want to stir a nice gin drink and a lot of the bourbon drinks you want to stir a bourbon drink we're going to shake this one because it's so much so much flavor it's uh there's plenty of alcohol in it every every ingredient has the alcohol in it um but what we want to do is we just want to make this cold and amazing all right so uh I know a lot of y'all have been to a lot of bars. You've seen some lackluster shaking. I don't want to see that out there in, <laughs> radio, in radio land at all. I want you to assume a karate stance, and I want you to shake like you're defending the country. All right, here we go. All what a right. shake we had there. Yeah, right to the <laughs> microphone. All right, so now's the chance for us to... Uh, dump those glasses that have the uh, ice and the water in them and you'll see a very wonderful frost develop there and and brett has
0: his own uh ice container i guess
1: what am i what am i looking yeah, for you're, here? You're a dump bucket dump, sure I, ice, ice dump a glamorous uh, name for it <laughs> all right so i'm using just a strainer now and i'm straining these beverages uh, into the glasses. The color on that, though. And I purposely saved a little for the doctor. In this case, the doctor is drinking alone uh, along with the host, but uh, <laughs> my, my beautiful daughter, uh, Lucy, is going to want to taste. So I, the official I made little, wife of the, of yeah, the so podcast. Yes, I made a little extra there. All right, <laughs> now, as with uh, a good mint julep, um, the mint should just not be thrown in there. It should be part of the experience. And let me just say, before we jump into this part of it, This is my favorite part of this cocktail. Uh, uh, Oh, I love to hear that. Because this is actually my favorite part too, Barry. This is truly inventive. This is truly genius. So what we wanted to do, we wanted to make this cocktail celebrate the different aspects. Like I said before, bring forward the best of the best. All right. So with that, everyone has their own individual flavors and desires. All right. So what we wanted to do is find a way to make it really, truly custom to your drinking enjoyment experience. So I just broke off one of the healthier mint leaves that I've got sitting here. I'm going to lay it in my palm. I'm going to smack it. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to hit it nice and aggressively together in a slap fashion to release the oils and and the effervescence out of the mint leaf. And I'm going to swab just half of the glass, half of the glass, all right? We're going to do that right now. Let's get this done. Oh, that smack. Yes. So what's this doing? I'm... In the most you know, uh, Hollywood fashion, I'm trying to look really famous and fashion-y when I do it. Uh, to, it's you know, all part of the art. Yeah, to get a better tip out of the uh, customer, which I never get. Um, <laughs> I'm wiping the mint leaf on the brim of the glass, all right, as many times as I can afford, all right? I really want to get those mint oils on that side of the glass. Now, that's just 50% of the glass. And what goes
0: on the other 50%?
1: All right. Um, a nice, healthy orange. Now, what we're doing, we are not uh, slicing the orange like you might see uh, in those big uh, tubs on your bar of uh, wedged citrus. I am, as carefully as I can, slicing the, <laughs> slicing the orange rind, not to get too much pith.
0: And the uh, the producer of this show, this episode, is also the official wife of the podcast. Uh,
1: she's doing a fabulous job. Miss Lucy. Job, fabulous job. <laughs> Mrs. So, Lucy. So now, already, I can just, the, the bar is erupting in a beautiful citrus uh, smell, and, and we're really just dealing with the, the citrus citric acids in the pith, and uh, I'm telling you, it's amazing. It's a shame that smell of vision never caught on Yes, yeah, so we're going to do that. That's next coming out on the podcast. <laughs> um, I'm holding the, the orange rind, and now, Facing the other direction of the drink, I'm nice, doing a nice spritz. I'm just squeezing that, that uh, skin into the drink. And you can see the beautiful froth move as that acid hits the top. And now, as I did with the mint leaf, I'm doing with the orange rind. i um, putting the orange side forward and dressing that brim ever so sweetly so that now half of the glass is mint and half of the glass is orange and there's just a little bit of garnish in
0: there not right not too much you yeah. you're just taking the heat. very
1: yeah the very skin we just we just kind of uh hit the the uh, brim with we're dropping in uh pith down and now I'm breaking off some mint a pretty just a nice sprig off the end and setting it on the side that we just uh kind of brimmed with mint flavor. Now, this drink is done. We're ready to enjoy it. I don't know how our uh, director wants to handle this, but uh, <laughs> we're about to drink some Lincoln Avenues, and I wish you were with us. Uh, uh, I, I really
0: do, too. And as I said before, if you would like to um, participate in the drinking of the Lincoln Avenue, get in contact with the show. I can link you to the actual recipe for this cocktail. <coughs> Excuse me and uh if nothing else we can have you over for a couple
1: absolutely and sounds, uh,
0: i sounds great i highly recommend that uh you experiment with it yourself experience it yourself and uh we are going to review this uh as as i know to be my favorite cocktail of all time here on this is my bourbon podcast so cheers cheers
1: Whoever disappoints. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's really good. It's so much better now that I like
0: bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the official wife of the podcast, Lucy, yes. uh, until about, what, four to six months ago, yeah. did not partake in bourbon. and um, try. She did. But and she's I, a
1: good gin drinker, which I can also appreciate. She did.
0: And uh, we'll save the the gin episode. Uh, for this is my gin podcast, which may or may not have already happened in in Jolly Old England, right, right. But anyway, um, a couple quick notes on on this cocktail, but before we wrap things up, it's sweet, but it the, the sweetness doesn't keep you from enjoying some of the um, finer notes throughout. Um, I don't necessarily consider mint to be a, a sweet flavor, personally.
1: Um, but it goes well with the sweet taste. As it, it does, in, as it, you experience it, it
0: does indeed. Life. And I, I wouldn't. As I sit here, I know that you didn't put any kind of cinnamon in here, Mm-mm. but I, I'd be remorse if I didn't mention it. It tastes like a cinnamon
1: kind of drink. Yeah, it's that's so, the. That is how when you do things right with a cocktail, which is I hope all your all's uh, uh, your goal, is to bring (laughs) out the base liquor, not hide different flavors too. Yeah, Yeah. Um, as we find so much with um, cocktails that are based on basically ethanol, uh, your vodka vodka type cocktails, you're really just alcoholizing other flavors. Exactly. All right, what we're doing here is celebrating other flavors.
0: And, and that is real evident in the, the, the perfect kind of craft that has gone into making such an inventive cocktail yeah. that unless you have really <clears throat> excuse me, sat down and, and thought about it and tried different things... It, it's unlikely that you will have created something as well-rounded and, and perfect as this, but, but
1: I want you to,
0: I uh, <laughs> go both for it. Do. Yes, and, and this, if nothing else, this is an episode encouraging you to experiment with cocktails. It's an yep. episode where, um, we want you to branch out, go talk to your local bartender, see what their favorite bourbon mm-hmm. cocktail is, what their, uh, specific spin on it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, don't don't limit yourself to uh, a glass of Woodford. Right.
1: <laughs> and as we did with the garnishes here, garnishes often are a decoration, but we use these garnishes as a flavor profile expedient. An experiment. Um, by An experiment. by uh, rotating the glass, you can change the character of the of the drink. Exactly. Um, we had, you, know, you had the orange on one side, the mint on the other. Well, you, as a budding cocktail enthusiast, might come up with something else that you wanted to do. Remember that idea of doing half and half, and then the drinker can literally change the character, and every sip can be a little different by just how they hold the glass in their hand Absolutely. and how the glass hits their lips. There's so much to do out there, people, and, and you can really enjoy, like we talked about earlier, the look on their face, the look in their eyes when they take the first sip of something you created. And I want you all to experience that.
0: And uh, as I as I said, hit us up at uh, thisismybourbonshop at gmail.com. We'd be happy to hook you up with the, the recipe for this cocktail, uh, the Lincoln Avenue. Um, if you would like to experience one firsthand, well, you know, let us know as well, and uh, we can maybe work something out. That'd Would be, be super fun. Yeah. Um, just to wrap things up, Brett, thank you so much. For, oh, my for pleasure, host, hosting us on uh, uh, in the Rusted Pistol.
1: Um, Absolutely, it feels feels like a good night here. Got a, a beautiful blonde across from me. Just happens to be my oldest daughter. My wife. And uh and uh and a big and, net. Yes, that's right. A, good, uh, a handsome young fellow. Um so oh, um, me. Oh yes, I'm yes. talking about
0: the dog. No
1: oh yeah, he is really good looking. But yeah, any 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 time with the rusty pistol, you're all are welcome and we'll uh, we'll have much camaraderie.
0: Well, anyway, this has been a wonderful episode. You can check us out at uh, this is my bourbon shop. At gmail.com, my bourbon shop on Twitter and T-shirts Instagram. T shirts are cool. T shirts are wonderful. I'm wearing one right now yes, that he says, is. This is my bourbon drinking
1: shirt. Of course, I'm wearing a Perry Ritter t shirt, but it's, it's uh, music based. It's a, it's a music t shirt. Yeah. It's super cool, though.
0: Um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, this is my bourbon shop. If you want to talk to me a little bit more personally, uh, find me at pritter 1492 uh, just about on all social media platforms. Um, thank you all so much for listening. If you could give us a little review on iTunes or uh, SoundCloud or whatever you're listening to. I don't even know how SoundCloud really works. Um, give us a thumbs up on YouTube. We'd be happy to, um, to see that uh, in our off time. Uh, and from all of us here at This Is My Bourbon Podcast, my name is Perry, and this is My Bourbon Podcast.
1: Cheers.